Welcome to the Trusted Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois is your trusted advisor in all things insurance. I'm Edwin K. Morris. Today in the studio, we have Michael Ulianello. Michael is a local kid from Webster, New York, and a graduate from St. Bonaventure University in Olean, New York. What's exciting about what's going on with Michael is that he is in this new sport that's called Ice Cross. It's the Red Bull Ice Cross. So let's welcome him to the studio. What is it you do? So the sport's Ice Cross. Uh, it's ice downhill cross. ice skating. Wait a minute. Ice rinks are flat. So how does that even work? So... You know, I like to tell folks, compare it to think of downhill skiing, okay, snowboarding, okay. except I'm on ice skates down an ice course, That's, going over jumps, turns, pumps. They don't do a half pipe in this, do they? No. The oh. closest we get to that is, uh, you know, they'll do a wall ride 180 turn. Ooh. On skates. On skates. It's fun. It took it, some training, though. Where do you go for training for that? A lot of creative training. So <laughs> <laughs> I cross train a lot on inlines, rollerblades, Got it. skate parks, uh, bike parks, pump tracks. I lived in New Jersey last year. So there was uh, Camp Woodward, which is a big action sports, you know, kids camp. Um, they have a couple locations around the U.S. So I would train there between the bike parks. You know, they call them. There's some mini mega ramps where you have 20, 30 foot drop ins, gain some speed. So is this going to end up being like in the Olympics? That's the goal. A couple games out, most likely. So, you know, we're coming up on the 2022 Olympics. The only shot of, of that would be a demo in those games. The goal of the sport is to get the Olympics someday. So 2026 is a possibility um, at that point. You know, me looking at being maybe a coach, Definitely somehow a, still involved. A young person's game, right? Definitely. And it, it's funny, though, because uh, the average age of the sport, because of the entry barriers, it's older than you would think. I'm still probably towards the, at 27, I'm probably average age, wow. if not towards the younger end, because it's just tough to, to gain experience on the ice courses without the creative training. Well, there can't be that many of them, are there? Exactly. There's only the last two years, Russia's now put in a permanent cross terrain course, we'll call it. So in the summer, you can skate on it in, on inlines in the winter. So this year we're going to the to have a, a main event there in Moscow. So they'll coat it with ice in the wintertime. And then Finland typically has, you know, one or two, they're like mid-level events. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not the main Red Bull events, but uh, they'll, they'll put a course together down a, whether it's a ski hill slope or some land out there and they'll keep it up for a couple months before and after the race. So it's kind of like a, the closest you'll get to a permanent track. I would assume that getting some workman's comp would be a little difficult. Is that, is that, <laughs> that, is that something that you have to, how does that work? I'm just curious. Try not to worry about that. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> It sounds like gotta, it's a little dangerous. I, is it a yeah, little dangerous? A little bit, uh. but that's where the, the training and off season preparation comes into play. So you're not getting on the course with uh wobbly deer legs, deer in a headlight look. Now, this isn't an individual thing, right? I mean, it's like a bunch of folks get together and go. I mean, it's like roller derby a little bit. It's one on, or it's individual racing. Okay. Uh, we race four at a time down the course. So the way an event works is we get there Wednesday, Thursday, you have a practice Thursday night, time trials Friday morning. So we'll have two timed runs and then they seed you from one to 64 and it's a knockout round, just like uh, March Madness NCAA. They'll rank you four to one through 64, four at a time, go down the track, top two advance until you get to the finals. 
So how did you find yourself in this sport? So it's funny. It all connects back to, I went to school at St. Bonaventure. So my college coach, hockey coach showed me a flyer for a qualifier back in 2013 at Niagara Falls. They were doing a main event and it was too late to you know, qualify for that event. So I kept an eye out for it and I was a junior at the time. So my senior year came around. It's like, you know what? Hockey's ending. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to try out for this thing. Mm. So I drove to London, Ontario. It was about four hours and at the time, they were still doing flat ice qualifiers. So it was at an ice rink. They'd set up some cones, some obstacles just to jump over, slide under. And fastest, you know, top guys got to go to the next main event. I was a, a top finisher, qualified for my first race in Quebec City in March of 2014. And you want to see deer in a headlight look. That was me going down that course because I'd never been barely skied. I just picked up skiing in college. Didn't inline down ramps. I played roller hockey growing up and street hockey, but not anything Nothing like, like this. Nothing like this. A little different speed so, and momentum, I'm, I'm going to guess. Oh, yeah. And I was a, you know, a pretty quick skater, but I mean, it was completely <laughs> foreign to me. So I knew what I was getting into, though. I did okay. Didn't make it through time trials. Like, I didn't seed myself into racing. It was an awesome experience, a great weekend. It kind of got me hooked. So um, over that summer in, in 2014, I interned down in Myrtle Beach with uh, with Mondelez International, the company I still work for today. You know, trained on inlines, went to skate parks, kind of got creative with some training, started from there. It sounds like you're all in. You are all into this. How's, how's the connection with Iroquois? I'm curious. So the connection with Iroquois goes back to St. Bonaventure as well. Mm-hmm. For my grad school year, uh, 2015, I was a teacher assistant, grad assistant for Lori. And so we had a, a great relationship there and it was a great opportunity to teach with her. So Lori, it, Lori Branch build, of the Iroquois group. Of the Iroquois yes, group. Yep. So it was a great experience to obviously learn from her being so successful in the business world, mm-hmm. as well as, you know, some of the teaching abilities that she brings to, to the table. So uh, awesome experience there. You know, so after grad school, I moved on to to my job here with with Mondelez and um, we stayed connected. And when the opportunity came around, I reached out uh, for them to be a sponsor. And mm-hmm. I've been very blessed for the last couple of years to have them as a sponsor. Uh, of all the competitors that you deal with, how yep. many of those have insurance companies as sponsors for something oh, that man. doesn't sound very safe? Yeah, none off the top of my head. <laughs> I would imagine. Yes. So that's a quite a unique partnership. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I was thinking about this, this point too, and kind of the value that Iroquois provides to their clients and partners um, and being able to, to connect them with a group to provide additional value to grow their business. Right. That's kind of how I see them as a, you know, a sponsor of mine to be able to allow me the opportunity to compete on a global scale mm. um, in a sport and a tour that's growing traveling around the world, having all these awesome experiences because we don't do it for the, for the money. Right. But being able to, to travel and compete in the life experiences, it's, it's, uh, unforgettable experiences that we're having and, you know, definitely fortunate to have Iroquois. How do you work that with Iroquois? Do you to go to their events and show off your, your wares or how does that work? I do have, uh, 
I have a polo that I usually wear around the races, but mostly it's, it's social media. Um, oh. and, and, and when I'm posting, um, obviously, you know, call outs and tags to Iroquois group, whether it's on Facebook, uh, Instagram, going to look at starting to do a little bit more on LinkedIn since LinkedIn's starting to become, you know, including some of the perf- the profession, obviously professional, but some of the personal experiences yes. and, and, you know, folks are able to see you well-rounded and where would the audience find you? How would they be able to connect with you on social media? So we can include uh, links in the in the show notes, but um, Facebook, Michael Iulianello. It's a long last name, and we can uh, include it in the in the show notes there. But is there another way they can page. find you other by your name? The organization that you're skating with have a a presence, or uh, are you connectable through Iroquois? Or I'd say contact information. I can provide an email. Um, What's your favorite hashtag? What are you using for a hashtag? <laughs> Hashtag right now is Ice Cross. Ice Cross. Um, Instagram, Mike underscore Iggy. That's my nickname. Iggy. I-G-G-Y. Just I-G-G-Y. Like Iggy. Yeah, yeah. Well, Iggy is yep. easier to pronounce than that long last name I've seen you have. Exactly. Yes. Which is why. And that's on the back of my jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Iggy. So all I got to look for is Iggy. Got exactly. It. All right. I guess that could be a hashtag too. It just hasn't taken off. See, I'm Iggy. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you very much for connecting with us today and sharing this exciting experience. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Trusted Advisor podcast brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois, your trusted advisor for all things insurance. And remember, get out of the office and sell. This program was recorded live at the Cohen Multimedia Studio on the grounds of Chautauqua Institution. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I invite you to join me for the next edition of the Trusted Advisor Podcast.